To the ball game, if you will. Right, Christine? Yes. Yes. Expect baseball puns. Welcome to the Misery Factory. Oh, on this very special episode of the Feminine Critique. Um, Celebration of my birthday. Here's two movies I didn't want to watch. Oh, oh, poo to you. (laughs) I, first of all, happy birthday. Everybody out there, wish Christine a happy birthday. It's just jokes. Just jokes. Okay. Second of all, I didn't tell you to watch them on your birthday. Did I? No, I didn't watch you them didn't on my birthday. Okay. So. Good. good. Don't worry. Okay. No, was, all right. Fine then. Uh, so Christine got a year older this week. I did. How'd that I feel? Did. Like, I've been t- t- telling people I'm 33 for like six months. Yeah. So. I, do you do that thing? Like, do you hit a point in the year where all of a sudden you think you're the next year? Because I do that all the yes. time. Yeah. I, I'm I'll 33 just, too, but I've been up. 34 since March, I think. Even though I'm not 34 yet, it feels like I have been. I wonder when it'll switch over for me. Probably at the beginning of 2016, I'll start saying 34. Mm. And then I'll get genuinely confused. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I had to do math the other day to remember that. I forget what it was, but it was something about like what year you like, how old you are when you get married. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I was 33. And then I'm like, wait, no, I got married last year. Yeah, I was 33. Oh, and I actually, I'm not even kidding. I, the way I had to do it was I was born in 1982, got married in 2014. Okay, I was 32. I couldn't just do it by like, how old am I now? Because I honestly didn't know. I had to go by what year was I born. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that says about us. I don't, but welcome to the world of being 33. Yeah, well, it's been great so far. Yeah, you are so close to outliving Jesus, Christine. Well, fingers crossed. I know, I know. I mean, I, I got a few months left, so I, I can't speak to it either. But I, <laughs> I think it's going to be really exciting when it happens. Uh, so, Christine turned 33. Um, I, did. I uh, did have something really exciting happen that's kind of connected oh. to the theme of the episode today. Uh, did you play baseball? I didn't play baseball. However, the team that I watch play baseball uh, won the National League East. Mets, division champions, 2015. Uh, That was really exciting for me. Those are certainly things that happened. These are things that happened. Uh, It's very exciting. Uh, It's it's been nine years, and it's been a very hard nine years, if you will. It's not like, oh, this team's gone a long time without winning anything. Like, no, we came really close and kept really hurting ourselves and as a Met fan it was really hard to be a Met fan but I stuck through it and now I get mm-hmm. rewarded in this little way even though our best hitter might have just gotten injured for the rest of the season we don't know but uh because of all of this this is why I had programmed a baseball episode for today uh yes. and so the movies we're covering Christine are yeah um The Sandlot mm-hmm. from 1993 uh-huh and Bull Durham from 1988. Yeah, so two uh, yeah. classics, if you will, of the baseball subgenre. Uh, one of which I had seen, one of which I had not seen. Uh, same for you, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll have much to talk about and stuff. 
But before we do yeah. that, let's talk about other movies that we've been watching. We First can do that girl. if you want. Yeah. Yeah. T- tell me what you watched before you were 33 and what you watched uh, now that you're 33. I don't think I've watched anything since I've been 33. Wow. Um, I have to pick that movie. I, You know, did I tell you the whole thing? How I was logging my movies on two different things. I think I remember you saying this because Letterboxd okay. doesn't have an app. Yeah, I was doing it through Letterboxd and I was doing it through what I watch okay. or whatever. Yes. And one day what I watch went down. And, like, it didn't – or maybe it was for, like, multiple days, so I just started an Evernote note. Okay. And I try to log them, and I forget sometimes. Mm. So, so I really feel like I watch more movies than this, but I can't remember any of them. Um, so did I tell you I watched Rise of the Silver Surfer, the second fantastic yeah, movie? Yeah, okay, All right, well, I watched that. And it was not um, Because no. it was when Jessica Alba gave her the creepy blue contacts, right? Oh, my God, yes. I'm having flashbacks. Um, <laughs> so, but I didn't tell you I watched New Nightmare. You did not? Yeah. Was this so, continuing your kind of Wes Craven uh, revisit? I mean, it's... And I've gotten shit for it, and I feel like people have kind of come around, but it's, like, one of my favorite Wes Craven movies. There's so many good things in it. Of course, there's really bad things, but there's so many good things. Honestly, I think that movie, I think that has a better and bigger following now than it ever did. I think a lot of people have gone back to that, that and people under the stairs, too, and said, these movies, especially New Nightmare, are way ahead of their time. And, I mean, you look, Scream came out, like, four years later, uh, and it's in terms of some of the themes, very similar to New Nightmare. Yeah. And New Nightmare, I think people weren't expecting it. It's not what they wanted out of a Freddy movie. Uh, I want to like it because I really like the idea of it. Yeah. But I just find it boring. And I also had a really unfortunate thing where the first time I watched it, like, I turned it on halfway through, not really realizing what I was doing. I'm like, oh, this movie. Oh, it's over. Okay. And so I always had that sort of never saw it beginning to end kind of thing. But yeah. I just, I never find it as good as I want it to be. But you're a fan. I I am a fan, and I like it because of its flaws. Okay. I mean, like, Freddy, for me, like, Freddy doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of Freddy effects that don't look good, especially mm. at the end. I don't like his outfit. That's like the, the velour hat and, like, the... <laughs> The green trench coat or something. <laughs> it was he's the 90s. Like, he's like wearing a felt trench coat. But I do like <laughs> a lot of the like meta stuff. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm using that properly. Yeah. Like Robert England is in it as Robert England. Mm-hmm. And it's it actually like took Zach a minute. Like I had to pause and explain to him. Well, like, look, no, 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 pay attention. Like it's actually that's supposed to be how the language It's Yeah. It's it's supposed to be like dealing like what if and and it's a lot smarter than I gave it credit for mm-hmm. in the initial watchings because it's like all these bad things became Freddy and now they need you to pay attention to it again. It mm. was just it was it was interesting. It was kind of like more of a fairy tale than I remember okay. because there is the Hansel and Gretel stuff in it too, which obviously I wasn't you know reading too deep. It was very much like a fairy tale. I just like that movie. I should revisit it. It's been a very long time. I actually paid to rent it through Amazon, wow. so I don't think it was streaming anywhere. I had this. I don't. Own I have it. this. I have the set. I have the um, which I think it's in. I think it's in the complete uh-huh. set. I think it is too. Yeah, I've thought about getting it. Um, we just got the Halloween set. The big oh, did definitive you know? set. See, because- the thing about that is, I feel like 
that has such a poor percentage of movies I'd ever want to watch again. Me too, but Zach pushed it because he wants to watch every one of them oh, this, in October. Oh, that's so, that's I don't know. So, that is so much more uh, ambitious and um, optimistic. That like it, it's because I get the idea of it. It's like oh, Halloween. Let's watch every Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah. but then He's you're gonna me. watch. You're gonna watch four and five in a row and realize that now yeah. you have to watch six and then Resurrection. You- it's not. I think you need to get me out of this relationship. I um, might. Did you already put it, a deposit? Well, can can they like reroute the cake? Do we just have a party for the cake? Well, maybe. I mean, it doesn't have to be a wedding. Just um, a party. <laughs> I'll still come down I'll, to Texas for a cake party. Well, you better. Um, I I will let you know how the Halloween inning goes. Uh, uh, but and the thing was, do you, do you remember when they put out backwards the, the nice Blu-ray for just the first one? Like, the original yes. one had this really nice Blu-ray release, yeah. and we bought it, and we never watched it. Uh, and now we're going to get this huge box set. <laughs> with special features on part five, the producer's cut. Oh, man. I i don't know if I've ever seen the fifth one. Five is the one that was used to always be on AMC. AMC had the rights to four and five, and that's, like, all they would show in October. And I would always be flipping around, and nothing would be on, so I'd end up watching Halloween five for, like, the ninth time. And I'm like, it's still not good. I, Daniel Harris I, is amazing, but this movie is still not good. Oh, that is the one with her in it. I had well, she's um, my, four, four and five. My first boyfriend was obsessed with like that brand of slasher, mm-hmm. like the. So I've seen all of them, but never really in a, in a way that I was paying attention. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I that's I what really I think is going like, to be unrewarding about it is, um, as a franchise. That's a, that's a franchise that, aside from three, obviously, uh. It's telling a progressive story, yeah. except you get to part five where all the there's all of these cuts and everything else. So five is um, a mixture of stuff, and six is infamously what the hell was going on? Nobody really knew. And then and then you get to H two O, and suddenly it's okay. Yeah, those three movies that you just watched with this character that you came to really like. Yeah, no, she never existed because they don't exist because yeah. we're not acknowledging um, Jamie. Uh, Jamie, what's the character's name? Uh, Strode. Jamie Strode. Right? Is that her name? I right? guess. I mean, yeah. that's the last. It's like name. suddenly, it's like okay, yeah, it's 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 wiping the slate clean, which you know a lot of franchises do. Yeah. But it's kind of insulting in a way too. I really like H two O. I've I've told you why I don't. I just I to know, me it's the epitome it of a nineties slasher. That nineties. Jamie Lee really Curtis is so good in it. I will give you that. Yeah. I love her in it. I love what they they do to her character. I think that makes perfect sense. Oh, and then fucking Resurrection just undo- does everything. Oh, yeah. so I hate Resurrection. Um, I snuck into it, so I always I never felt like I I never felt cheated by it. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I really like H2O, and I'm sure I will talk long and hard about it when mm-hmm, I finally get to course. rewatch it. But it's, it is, it's in that, it's, of course it's not Scream, but it's in that same vein. It's that era But it's of, that vein when, if you were a theatrical slasher, you couldn't actually kill anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and that oh, really God, bothers me. I love Cool J in that movie. Uh, yeah. Um, I like it, but that's, that's enough. I, I don't, I don't begrudge you that. I think Brandon really likes it too. I don't know. It just, it, it I think I saw it at the right time. It really struck a chord. Yeah, I gotcha. No, I, I am. I do not mean to take anything away from you. You are not ever. You, t- you only give I to me. Never will. I'll take your cake, but you can. Thank you. <laughs> um. So I illegally watched the new Fantastic Four. 
that seems reasonable after the fact that you watch the other two. Um, I'm not judging you in the least for doing that. I'm, and if I was prepared to be like the naysayer, and even 20 minutes into this movie, I was prepared to be like, you guys are all assholes. This is great. <laughs> Amazing. No. And, and it is for like, and I people on Twitter were like, yeah, for like five minutes. No, I would say 25 minutes, half hour. And then all of a sudden you could start to see the reshoots. Yeah. Like, like not only was like the hair and costuming different, mm-hmm. but like the tone was different and like the tone of the dialogue. And it really felt just like, like a, a mess. Yeah, like a very big producer recut mess. It was just like I didn't know what was going on. It seemed so mismatchy at points. Mm. And I really liked the beginning like yeah. so much. So it bummed me out. I had heard that um, some of the consensus I'd been hearing was that it's like it's okay and then it's terrible that there is like a turning point but i i thought it was much law i thought it was like first hour is great second hour is terrible i can't say first hour okay there is there is a scene um and it's like oh boy this is like months later they're in like a tiny little dark room there's no set they just herded four people (laughs) and you're like oh this is this is this is awful what were they doing yeah, I'd, I'd heard about the the um, that you can gauge a lot of it by Kate Mara's wigs. <gasps> it's so bad, and you know what? And I'm sure everyone else has said this, but my God, those kids are acting their asses off. Aww. It's such a good cast. All four of them it's a are really just... good cast. It's a fantastic cast, if you will. <laughs> They're just acting their asses off, and I love Kate Mara. Yeah, and man, I'm in love with that. With that Reed Richards, whoever his name is, the one that was in that one drum and movie. Miles Teller. <laughs> that guy. Boy, do I love him. And it's just bizarre. And I'm not even talking about, like, it, there's no reverence paid to the comics, and that's fine, like, if they're going to do their own thing. But then, like, within the universe they create, there are no rules, mm. and you know that I don't like them. Oh, no, and that's why, I mean, as, a, <laughs> as a, I've always went back to, that's why I hate Raimi's Spider-Man. He can yes. fly. You can tell me it's a web, but no, he's flying until suddenly he can't. And until to me, can. that just takes everything away from, if my if my character has no challenges, why should I care? I don't like that. Yeah. I agree. Um, I'm with you. So don't watch it. I'm probably never going to. You won't be missing a single thing. Yeah, flight. I can't ever imagine a scenario unless I am like locked in a room and somebody's like, no, I really want to watch it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I guess I'm fine. You should question them if that's Well, I also don't want to be locked in a room any, anytime. Don't do that. Um, Sue, I did see a movie that was fantastic. Did you? Maybe the best movie I've seen in like the last six months. Ooh. That might that might be really big. This is maybe exciting. Not, this is exciting. I want to hear it. Maybe the best. No, because I really like The Gift. So maybe the best movie I've seen in like recent so memory. Is this a theatrical film? Yes. Um, might it uh, have been a found footage film? No. Oh, okay. The Visit? Are yeah. You I still haven't seen it. Okay. okay. I, I have, but we'll, we'll get there when I talk. But I want to okay. hear what your fantastic movie is. I went and saw the Maze Runner sequel. Oh, the Scorch Trials. I am Did they do the melty, melty pinball head? No. Oh, okay. In the book, there's like Spoilers. a melty pinball head thing. Um, I haven't read the books. Okay. And I was I reading, I'm like, how the fuck are they going to do this in a PG-13 I don't think, movie? I don't think they did. Okay. Um, so, I saw it opening weekend. <laughs> Good for you. Because we downloaded, we illegaled the first one just because um, 
what's his name? I want to call him, what's his name? His name's Dylan something. I don't know. The kid that plays Styles on Teen Wolf. I can never remember his name. <laughs> I think he's the um, main kid in The Maze Runner, right? Yeah, he's okay. the main kid. Like, I adore him. And I was like, hey, looking good in that Henley in the original <laughs> one. So I, I kind of said to Zach, I was I like, I want to watch you might... do a lot of maze running. Right? I thought, oh, this might be good. It's like, and Zach's like, what is it? Boy, um, Hunger Games? And I was like, yeah, kind of, but kinda. That's, not the, that's not the worst thing in the world. But we went into it with like these shit expectations, mm. and boy, that movie blew me away. I thought the away. film was fan- was a fantastic adaptation too, because I, I, I read the series and the the books are okay. Should I read them? I see the first book I liked. The second book gets pretty crazy, um, but the third book is is crummy. And he didn't know how to end it. He introduces yeah. characters just so he can kill other characters, but oh, like have another that. character there. Uh, it. I, I like I honestly don't remember like the ultimate reveals because it just wasn't that interesting. It was so much more interesting mm-hmm. when you kind of didn't know stuff. So That's and I really felt like the the first film, and I haven't seen the second one yet. I thought the first film, like if I don't always like to say oh, it was better than this or it was better than that. Like no, I enjoyed the first film more than I enjoyed reading the book. Ah, uh, well maybe I'll just stick to my the fandom in the mm-hmm. movie verse. But like so. I thought I was worried. Like I thought, kind of my I was so into the first one because my expectations were so crappy. Sure. And like um, May- Maze Runner, Teen Wolf kid was like so good and so cute mm-hmm. and so likable. Yeah, like such a good action guy. I was blown away. So like Zach was like, "Do you want to go see it in the theater opening weekend?" And I was like, "Yes!" And I'm like fucking pumped in the theater. With all these little tweens, I'm like, yes, Maze Runner, Scorch Trials, Scorch Trials. And it was so good. It did not disappoint. And my expectations were through the roof. (laughs) And, like, every time there's, like, an adult character reveal, it's an amazing reveal. You're like, oh, my God. I know it has a really good cast. The cast is out of control. Boy, I liked it a lot. And all the kids are so good. Mm -hmm. And you get really upset when things happen to characters. And, yeah. like, I get it. It's not skewed towards me. But, like, you write a good character and you tell a good story. Like, I don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I think that um, – and to me, the Hunger Games is along the same lines. Yes, they are designed for a younger audience. But neither one talks down to the adult audience. Yeah. And, like, I think for both of those, it just happens to be about younger characters. But there's really nothing in the films that is a teen movie. It's yeah. just that it, you know, your main characters are teenagers. Yeah, and, and they do it well. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just, they're characters that are, yeah, sure, make young people decisions, but they're not, like, stupid. Yeah. So they're not unrelatable. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, if you get a chance to see it, I mean, okay. wait till DVD, I guess, or Blu-ray. Yeah, I figured that was one that I would, like, keep on my Netflix queue, but then keep it at the top so that as soon as it comes out, I'll, I watch it. Yeah, it's so good. I thought about going to see it, but I just, it's a lot of time to get to a movie theater. I, I understand. Yeah. It, I made it a priority because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm me. Um, I do not want to spend any time talking about this next one. I watched The Bank Job on Netflix Instant. Who, what, it's vaguely Jason familiar. Statham. Jason uh, Statham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why. No, maybe no, not. I don't know. In my mind, I remember when it came out thinking like, oh, I'd like to see that movie. But I didn't like it. It was okay. silly. 
I think um, I've heard one or two people talk about it, but I don't remember a thing about it. So it like kept Netflix kept pushing it at me. Oh, like you know, it kept they being are, my they're aggressive sometimes. Like it was my banner movie, and I got an email saying a movie you might like is I don't know. That's I got brainwashed, um, but I didn't like it. I have nothing to say about it. Um, I did watch a movie that apparently is making the rounds that a lot of people don't like. Netflix but is I was pushing it on people. I was super into it. Sorry, it's my called, cat's very very talky right now. Is it Joplin? No, it's Angelique. I don't know what she wants oh, other than me to pet her. I well, she wants to know what movie I'm talking She's about. She's really curious. <laughs> it was, uh, it's Exeter. Oh, NOTLP just covered it and they hated it. Did they hate it? Kelly, I liked it Kelly a lot. watched it and he hated it. Yeah, I think I saw um, something on Facebook. Yeah. Um, so I know the girl that was the stunt double for one of the main characters. Oh, that's kind of cool. So that's kind of cool. But <laughs> I liked it. Is that the only thing that's cool about it or? No, like the characters were really shitty and awful, but I really liked them. Okay, I'm I'm not anti like dislikable characters, right? When they're done right, dislikable characters are super fun. I agree, I agree. It's when they're done blandly uh, that I kind of I'm like these are just yeah. pretty rich white kids that I hate. That's when I'm yeah. Not happy. I, I I liked it. I don't know. I thought it was funny that it, it was funny and goofy and there was like two or three good jump scares okay and it wasn't creepy or anything and the end made no sense but <laughs> What's it, the end interesting was like endorsement they for had, a film they had eight different ideas and then okay. they were like eh, let's do all of them <laughs> i might give <laughs> it a it's, go um, now i'm curious it's um marcus Nispel, yeah from Nispel. uh the uh TCM remake, Conan remake, Conan remake, which I love, TCM all remake, the, which I like, the Friday 13th remake, which I hate. All the, um, Platinum Dune stuff. Um, it, I know him from video directing. Oh. <laughs> he used to do a lot of music videos. He did. But, um, right. I don't know, it looked real good. Ah, I, it, I guess it's like, I could see somebody hating it. I just mm. liked it. Um, I have a Netflix recommend, which I can't wait to talk about, but another movie I watched on Netflix that I hated was The Loft. This one has popped up for me, but I don't know, but I have not watched it. No, this, um, it's a thriller Mm -hmm. with a bunch of dudes in it. Um, the Cyclops is in it. James Marston? James, yeah, that's oh, his name. I, like couldn't think, I kept thinking of Spike's name. Couldn't couldn't get to him. Yeah, I always do that too. I like both um, of them. <laughs> he's in it, and um, uh, Spock is in it. Not okay. Spock. Zachary Quinto. Sorry. I wish it was Zachary Quinto. No, Chris Bones Pine? is in it. Bones. No. Emily yeah. Dushmanel. Wait. No, Dread. What's his What's fucking going name? on? Carl Urban. Yeah, there you go. I don't have the IMD guys. I don't have the IMDb. I know, I called him the wrong name. I wish Zachary Quinto was in it. Um, it's the most boring, convoluted, stupid movie I've ever watched yeah. in my life. Oh, but, um, why? I really can't think of anybody's name. But, um, I, it was trying to be a Hitchcock movie, which, yeah. like, guys, I'm okay with. But, um, it wasn't that. It was really boring and really stupid. Um, I'm gonna remember and, like, it so, so I did not watch it. It it was so broy. Yeah. Like, hey, dudes. Um, also, there's like this. There's this rape. Spoiler. Well, I mean, that um, happens, right? It, there's this rape, and like the girl is in the corner screaming, crying that she was raped, and like the two guys are like just fighting with each other, 
like not even paying attention to her. I really felt like it summed up the whole movie. <laughs> but the reason why I, I, I watched it, I pulled the trigger on it, is because Wentworth Miller is in it. Okay. Um, uh, screenwriter of Stoker. Of Stoker. So love for him forever and always. I'm with you. I like uh, him. Yeah. So I decided, oh, I'll look at this. I've seen a shocking amount of his filmography at this point. I feel like I have too. And don't ever forget, um, Buffy season two, go fish. I know. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, I know. Also Under- Underworld and Resident Evil Afterlife. Two of the awful things I've watched recently. <laughs> um, that's it for me. Okay. Um, I also have a very small list. I've been, been busy. Uh, but a few things. One I mentioned earlier, I, I went to the theater uh, with dear friend of the show, Jason, to see oh, the visit. Love it. Uh, and okay, I've I've said this before. I want to make an app of watching a horror movie with him mm-hmm. because it is one thing to go see a mo- like a movie like a, a horror movie in the theaters, and you get and because I watch so much at home that I don't always you know it's it's harder to kind of be fully immersed or to kind of like get the reaction that you want to out of it. And yeah. you go, you sit next to somebody like Jason during the visit who is screaming, who is jumping. It is so rewarding and it improves the movie tenfold. That being said, I really liked this movie. I think you would too. I was shocked yes. by how much I enjoyed it. I am it. shocked. And, I, and I feel like a lot of people have kind of said that. And I think yeah. overall this this has gotten really like the same kind of reaction of like, um, sort of surprising uh, 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 compliments because everybody's like, uh, it was good. I didn't think it would be good. Yeah. Because uh, it's M. Night Shyamalan. Very tentative phrase. It, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan, who has not made a good movie in a while. Um, no. And it's him doing a found but footage ever- movie, which sounds <laughs> just not like a good idea. But- Unbreakable is good. This movie did so much, and, and there's a lot of reasons I think you would like it. I think it's, you're, I mean, you're a found footage fan, and yes. this movie does, the thing for me about found footage is I can really, when they're done well, I like them. When they're not done well, it's usually for two reasons, one or three reasons. One is you can't see anything. Two is mm-hmm. you can't get past the, why don't you just put the fucking camera down and run away from the monster chasing you? And yep. three is, for whatever reason, found footage films tend to be about really unlikable, awful, pretty rich white people. Yes. Um, so this movie gets around all three of them. Because the kids, I really liked the kids. I know there's probably some people that thought they were a little bit precocious, but they were supposed to be. The, you well, know, that the, sounds fun, actually. Yeah, and that's where I think you would dig it. The, the main girl is like 15, and she was actually in that movie I talked about a few weeks ago, The Sisterhood of Night. Um, so that was cool to see her. And she plays like a 15-year-old like girl who's like loves making movies and, and loves filmmaking. So, of course, she's going to speak pretentiously, but she speaks like if I was 15 – the way I would have talked about movies, the same thing. So she's really, I thought, really believable, likable. The younger brother is like, is very hammy, but he's, but it's, that it's sounds really fun, believable though. hammy. It's just him kind of being this goofy kid. Um, the setup is great. The, it's really funny and it's meant to be. And apparently Shyamalan made, like, cut it three ways where he cut one version that was straight horror, one that was a complete comedy, and then one that was kind of the combination, which is what the final product that we saw. Oh, do we ever get to see all of them? I'd be curious if he puts them out on, because this did, this did do well. This did make money. 
yeah. and it was a tiny budget. Uh, oh, and is it Catherine Hahn? Isn't it? Yes, she's yes, like the mom, one. and she's so great. And I mean, she's not in it much, but like, it's just one of those established really quickly. She's their mom, so she's awesome. The kids, uh, like, right away, are also they do something really important, which is. The whole thing is the kids, like, basically want their, like, really like their mom's boyfriend and they want her to spend time with him alone. So they're like, we'll go to grandma and grandpa's. So it's just kind of, like, right away you're like, these kids are cool. Like, they care about their mother. I like, like that's them. that's cute, yeah. And, yeah, it's just, it's really smart. Um, the actors who play the grandparents are really good. The guy you've, you've seen in every Law and Order SVU. He, he's very familiar. Yeah, you, SVU, he's a judge a lot. And the woman, I thought I recognized her from things, and maybe I did from some stage stuff, but I didn't recognize her filmography. But she's amazing. It manages to be really creepy. It does some interesting things. There's a... There, it's not really... A sh- like, people are like, oh yeah, and there's a twist. Like... There's a twist, but it's a plot twist. It's not a, a Shyamalan it's twist not, that you feel like you had to put it in there. Yeah. Um, and I kind of called it. I, I don't like to brag, but I kind of did. But, I'm sure like, you know, I mean, I'm just, uh, but I think you, especially thinking of like a movie that you really like is Paranormal Activity 4. <gasps> Love. And I feel like this kind of has things about that that work, I think, work in this and mm-hmm. it's similar. It's liking the protagonist, liking these young kids and kind of believing them as kids. Uh, and the found footageness is justified and all of that. Um, yeah, it was really enjoyable. So much more enjoyable than I thought it would be. So highly recommended. And like, That is a big recommend. I know, and it's a very surprising recommend. So I'll be really curious what you think of when you watch it. Uh, along the, so uh, might as well along those lines, uh, this morning and yesterday morning, I watched, uh, speaking of paranormal activity, I watched the, I guess the latest one, the, uh, the one that's on <gasps> the fifth one now, the market ones. Yes. I actually like a lot of that one. I, see, I like the way you said that <laughs> because mm-hmm. maybe about an hour into it, I was found like, I, was, I started liking it. Yeah. There was so much about this, Christine. No me gusta. Uh, the first, oh, yeah. like, 45... Like, talking about the things about... I just said about the visit for what makes a, a, a found footage film not work. Mm-hmm. All of those things in this movie. Didn't care shit about the guys. They were both jerks. They had nothing interesting about them. Nothing nice about them. They were kind of nice to their grandmother, but not really. They were, yeah. I didn't, like, the guy who's, like, filming most of it didn't even remember who he was. I'm like, oh, is he the brother? Is he the cousin? I don't, who is he? No, uh, I think I had the same reaction the first time I watched it. Yeah, I like the fact that, like, just the idea that, okay, they're kind of covering these California, these, like, Latino California teenagers. Okay, that's something you don't see often. That's cool, except it's not, because there's nothing interesting about them. Mm-hmm. Um, like at a certain point, I liked how it worked its way into the mythology, and that's how I've always felt about like part two. The same thing. I hate the characters in part two. Oof, man, part two is yeah troublesome. But the thing I like about part two is I just I like the way they do the mythology. I like the sort of going backwards instead of going forwards, and sort of how they tie it in, and you start like the overall story gets kind of interesting. Um, so structurally, I like it, but I just thought this was poorly executed, uninteresting. I didn't care about anybody. It got a little creepy in the finale, but I also really didn't care if we got out of it, and it felt like it ended so suddenly. And it was such a, like, dude, put the fucking camera down. It's just holding you back. Yeah. Yeah, so I was I, 
not a fan. I think I had a similar reaction first time I watched it. I okay. definitely liked it more the second time. Mm-hmm. I was super judgmental of the way it connected at the end the first time mm-hmm. I watched it. Like, I thought I'm still it was, not sure how I feel about that. I thought it was really ham-handed, and I didn't... I was like, this is stupid. Why did you guys do that? Yeah. But there was enough about it that I liked to justify watching it again. Okay. And the second time around, I was like, all right. I see now, what you did. the new one comes out in October, I think, right? Ghost Dimension, yes. Is that... Do we know anything about that connection? Like, is it connected to this one? Is it connected to all of... Like, is it I the same? Katie is in this one, too. Okay. I, at one point, I had read uh, some kind of synopsis, but I don't know if it's accurate anymore. Okay. Um, because it has changed so much. Yeah, and I forget the guy who directed this one. I don't know what else he's done, but I just, yeah, it was yeah, yeah it was a little disappointing, but, because I think Jason's a fan. Um and I feel yeah. like I'd heard, I'd heard some people that liked it, some people that didn't, but it was just, it was hard. It, if it wasn't expiring on Netflix, because it did expire You wouldn't have looked tomorrow, at it? Uh, well, I wouldn't, no, definitely not, but I think if it wasn't expiring, I would have watched the first half and been like, I'll finish it at some point. Oh, it, yeah. It just kind of first, the first, I would say the first 45 minutes were a slog. Uh, but that was that. Uh, another movie on Instant Watch um, a very misleading movie. This was called The Invitation. It was also expiring on Netflix, which is why I watched okay. it. Uh, so, starring Lance Henriksen, mm-hmm. uh, the po- you look at the poster, you read the synopsis, and it sounds like kind of a Ten Little Indians sort of rich man invites his friends to an island where something mysterious happens. And they, they totally present it as a horror movie. I don't know what the fuck this was. Oh, Lance really? Hendrickson is this like rich writer who invites his wealthy, boring friends out to the island. And awesome. He tells them like a story about how he was traveling in like the Andes and amongst tribes, and he had poison that almost killed him, but then he survived, and it gave him this whole new second life. So therefore, he has poisoned all of you, so that you can get this second life. Wait, what? Yeah, I know, it's sounding so much more interesting than it is, I promise you. Because it's like, okay, so he's poisoned his friends, and they all have secrets, but these people, and I don't know if it was just like I was watching it, and also eating breakfast, and like checking my email, or <laughs> if I'm just not that smart, or if this movie just did a really shitty oh, job of explaining anything. Smart. I didn't know who any of these people were, and so it's like, Did my husband, you not, not care? Oh, God, no, I didn't care. But it's like yeah. this one... You know, the the wife is married to this guy, I think, and he has a secret that has something to do with being a doctor and being drunk during a procedure, and yep. his brother gave bad breast implants Story to somebody. Of my life. It's just, it is so weird, and it ends on this weirdly sappy note. Um, I really hated this movie, but once I started it, I'm like, I guess I have to finish it, right? And this was one where I wish I didn't have to finish it, because it just... Because I'm almost frustrated that, like, maybe I didn't get something. Maybe I should watch the beginning of it again. But I like myself, and I'm not going to do that. So, Lance Henriksen was good, but he's always pretty good. So, he, well, yeah, I mean, just go watch something else with him in it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what your review just said to me. Uh, all right, man's best friend it is. Uh, <laughs> I read. Really? <laughs> that's where I go. That's that's where I go with it. Oh, here's or what Hell, Hellraiser Seven, Hellworld. I kind of like that one. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I need to watch all of those. 
are you going to do that thing? Don't do that thing. I think that's another one of those things that you think is a good idea, but isn't a good idea. It's not. Because then there's like the one, like, um, well, then you lines get to part four, Adam and all of a sudden, none it. of them are Hellraiser movies. Yeah. They were all scripts okay. that began as something else, and they were like, hey, the rights are running out of Hellraiser. Let's put Pinhead in here somewhere. Oh, no. Okay, never mind. Yeah. But do you watch? I kind of like Hellworld, but that's me. Don't I? I like a lot of bad things. That, that's not an endorsement. Well, so do nobody I. should live their life off of my recommendations. They would. They would be a sad, sad Wait person. A indeed. Should we not have the show? Oh, well, we started. I mean, it's true. At this, we point, can't stop. Yeah, I. Once I'm going, I'm. I'm a motor man. Motor. Uh, I did some reading, which is also why I didn't watch as many movies. Uh, one of the books I read was Jack Finney's Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which naturally meant I had to track down the films and watch all of them. Yeah. I didn't watch all of them. So far, I've watched the first two. Um, the 1956 version is on Amazon Prime, and the 1978 version is on Netflix Instant. So for those playing along out there. Uh, and then there's the Daniel Craig Nicole Kidman one. Which is not on Instant, though. I think I had to pay for that. Yeah, see, that's why I haven't I watched know. that one yet. Because there, and there's, I, and there's also the Abel Ferrara one in from yes. like 1990. So I'm going to yeah. watch those two. I am going to. I was hoping to watch all four pretty close together, but I just haven't been able to track down the other two yet. Um, the, and the first two were just handy right on streaming media. Uh, <laughs> I love them both. I really yeah. do. I think um, the 56 version is is a really strong adaptation. Uh, it. I was talking about this on Facebook a little bit. The book to me feels very clearly, and I forget the year it's written, but it's like 1950, the book, or 49. And mm-hmm. it's, I feel like the book, it's very obvious that this is a communism bad, American democracy good sentiment. That being said, mm-hmm. the book's really good. As It's a scary book. It's a good sci-fi book, all that stuff. Uh but then what's interesting about the film, the 56 film, is you can kind of read it as, yeah, yeah, it's an anti-communist film. Or you can read it as, no, it's an anti-McCarthy film. So it's an interesting how it kind of opens itself up to that. Yeah. Uh, and I will say, after watching – I watched them in reverse order. I watched the 78 one film first. And mm-hmm. I had a nightmare after watching the 1956 one. I had a nightmare that everybody was body snatched and – I knew it, and they knew I knew it, and they were chasing me, and it was scary. <gasps> that's so scary. It was, it was that's really like, intense. That's a nightmare. I know. Uh, but the 56 one is great. I think it's um, – it, it is dated in a way it should be because it just – it feels really of its time, which I kind of love. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's also – it's very good. It's, it's well acted. Um, it manages to be really creepy without – forcing much i think uh mm-hmm. i just i wish it ended the original way it was supposed to end which you can see where the movie's supposed to end and it just they bookend it to not make it so downer um, but it's still it's a really good watch if, have you seen it or has it just been a little while have you never seen it i don't think i've ever seen it you should watch it on amazon prime give it a go is it yeah or, let's see you've seen the 78 one Yes. Okay. But that, that's been a while. It's, I think that one holds up, except for one thing, which is, I think for the 78 version, the ending goes on too long. Uh, the yeah. finale, it just, it, the movie, for whatever reason, just starts to wear, and it's not that long. It's just that the kind of final set piece just keeps going. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, 
I think the 78 one is really creepy, has such a good cast. Uh, it this, When they open their mouth and scream for the first time, I just think it's horrifying. Isn't it awful? Yeah. and, but and that, the, I swear that was like on Bravo's 100 Scary oh, yeah, was or something. Just it's because it's like, it's that sound, because I think sound is something that can be done. I, I like a good scary sounding film yeah and i think the sounds in that because they're not human they don't sound human when they do that it's cool yeah for sure and it's also a really gross movie like when you with the way they do the pods and the way they show them growing um Mm. and the way it's described in the book too is that kind of like it's like this fluffy sort of cotton candy-esque grayness that's just so awful and i think the, the the black and white film i think does a good job of it um, but the 78 film that just has those uh, prosthetics and uh, everything else working for them, and they're just so gooey, and the sounds they make are gross and everything else. The scene where all, like, four of them are hatching, uh, the yeah. music is great ugh. at that point. It's just so, ugh. Um, and I love the whole, the 1950s one, it's set in a small-town suburbia which gives kind of this own nightmarish feel. And the nineteen seventy eight one, it's okay, but now you're in an urban setting and you get all these other factors and how people don't notice this stuff happening because you don't notice yeah. anything in the, in a city when you live in one. Um so there's then there's that a lot has of seventiesness about it. That's been that's a a favorite theme of mine. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I think that's one of the things that the Nicole Kidman one does kind of interestingly too, and that, that's why I want to go back to it because I kind of remember thinking like, okay, they're they're doing something here in how they talk about medication and people self medicating, yeah, and that being kind of a crutch people use, uh, and that's that's one of the reasons I want to go back to that. I feel like the '90s one is a little bit more just uh, American military. Like, I think that's kind of the theme they're going for in that one. Less interesting. I th- I sure. think so, but again, it's been a really long time since I've watched it. Uh, but it's, it's I don't really think I've cool. ever seen that. It's it's Gabrielle Anwar is in it, mm-hmm. uh, and what's his name? Oh no, Meg Tilly. Um, yeah, I don't think I have. It's Abel Ferrara directing. Yeah, and which is just odd in itself, I guess. Uh, yeah, I should. I'm gonna go back to it, or we you could should. cover it maybe. Something to think about. Uh, oh yeah, I definitely have not because that cover is burned into my brain though. So it was on like a four pack of really random movies I remember for a while, but mm. I don't know if it still is. Um, but yeah, totally recommend going back to both of them if it's been a while because I think both are outstanding sci-fi horror films, and they both hold up really well and do a lot of really interesting things for their time. And they're both so time-stamped, but in a really good way. So go for it. All right. Uh, And then the last thing I watched, um, in fitting with the baseball theme, if you will. uh, Now, when Brandon and I went to Cooperstown a couple weeks ago, we went to the Hall of Fame. And they had an exhibit of baseball in the movies. And it was kind of all pictures and stuff like that. And we're looking at this picture of James Earl Jones, Richard Pryor, and Billy Dee Williams. And we're like, what the hell movie is that? And how have we never heard of it? <laughs> and it's a movie called The Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. That's not I real. think that's the title. I might have written it wrong. You I, just made that I up. kept calling it The Bingo Long Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 
baseball team movie. So, yeah. Which might be the real name. I don't know. I'm sure it's its name in like Germany or something. So this movie is made late 70s uh, with that cast, which is amazing. And it is a, about a sort of fictionalized take on in the late 1930s, early 1940s, when you had, obviously, you did not have integration yet in baseball. Uh, yay, America. You had, so you had the Major League Baseball, and then you had the Negro Leagues. Yay, America. Yeah, aren't we great? <laughs> uh, so, in but even within the Negro Leagues, you had a lot of kind of issues of the owners treating their players really poorly and not paying them well and because there weren't that many other options for these guys they kind of had to take it so this movie is about some of those guys who decide you know what we're gonna break from the league and form our own barnstorming league which is basically a team that goes from town to town and kind of sort of like Harlem Globetrotters in a way like they'll go to a town and say hey we're a baseball team let's play your local baseball team you're going to pay us for it and we're going to make it like a big show and everybody's going to come out for it uh but the movie's also set in 1939 I think so you also get the fact that you've got this these two carfuls of black men traveling the country uh so you have all of the racial aspects to that and then you have the owners going after them it's a Motown produced film so you have amazing music uh, and it's really funny. Um, just, I mean, you have, when you have Richard Pryor in a movie in the seventies, it's probably going to be, but mm-hmm. it's, it's really funny. It's really cool to kind of, it's one of those really interesting chapters of sports that rarely do you see on screen. Um, and it's mm-hmm. really, because it's kind of a very, as much as it's a lighthearted take, like it's actually pretty dark in spots. Ken Foray is also in it, which is cool. Ooh, fun. Yeah. He shows up. I'm like, ooh, that tall drink of water is Ken Foray. He was just in an X-Files I watched. Aww, I love him. I've been going through the X-Files pretty fast. I shook his hand once. His hand is like three of my heads put together. He yeah. A big man. Uh, and in this, like, he's dressed. It's Because it, they're like, it's a 70s movie about the 30s. So it kind of has that great feel of both, which is awesome. Uh, and yeah, James Earl Jones is great. Billy D. Williams is, is having fun and looking good and all of that. Uh, so, and baseball fans, especially, I think if you're a baseball movie fan, this is totally make sure you find it. Um, because it, it knows baseball. It, you know, the guys clearly were playing when they were making it. Uh, and it's, it's really funny and I, I enjoyed it. So check it out. If you can. Very appropriate to the episode, Indeed. Too. So on that note, why don't we take a quick break? Uh, what do you want to cover first? Um, do you want to go chronologically? We can do that. Okay, so let's do that. Take a break and uh, get sent back down to the minor leagues with Bull Durham. The Wiz kids had won it. Bobby Thompson had done it, and Yogi read the comics all the while. Rock and roll was being born, marijuana we would scorn. So down on the corner, the national pastime went on trial. We're talking baseball, Klazuski, Campanella, talking baseball. The man and Bobby Feller, the scooter, the barber, and the nuke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque. Especially Willie, Mickey, and the Duke. Well, Casey was 
winning. Okay, so 1988, Ron Shelton yes. directing Bull Durham. Christine, tell the folks at home what this movie's about. Well, back in 1988, you and I were um, just six years we're old. little kids, yeah. And, um... I don't know how, but this just missed both of us. <laughs> it's shocking in many ways that it kind you know, of is that we didn't watch it on like TBS or something. Or it, it's very oh, very much because this is one of those when people talk about like the baseball movies, they talk about Field of Dreams, they talk about The Natural, they talk about Bull Durham. It's always yeah. discussed, and I just never got around to it. Yeah, um, I don't know that I've ever wanted to see it. <laughs> Okay. Um, this is a movie about a lady mm-hmm. named Susan Zarina, <laughs> um, who really likes baseball mm-hmm. and fancies herself a bit of a good luck charm and a bit of, um, I don't know, she's like a, a, a baseball messiah. It's really bizarre. She has a baseball altar and she faith, she thinks that... When she picks a dude to, like, hook up with at the beginning of the season, like, it makes him a better player. Mm -hmm. And so there's this one guy. His name is Tim Robbins. And then another guy. We'll call him Kevin Costner. And the movie is basically, like, all three of their relationships and how they intersect. Yeah, essentially. I just made that sound way more interesting. You you made that sound really smart. Thank you. Um, I have a lot to say about this movie. Okay. <laughs> but so it's the go. minor leagues, we should say. Oh, yes. It's the minor leagues. Which is which, very important. Um, you know, blink and you miss it. For a second, <laughs> I, I didn't... I, I was like, oh, wait. Okay. Um, that's what we're doing. Oh, which well, is have, cool. you, have you been to minor league games? Yes. I grew up um, in the town that the AAA Red Sox team... Ah, is that the so. Newport... Pawtucket Red Sox. Okay. I've not seen them. I've seen another Red – maybe it was double A Red Sox team. Maybe. Uh, yeah. um, it was great. Um, we used to go all the time. It was like um, instead of going to Fenway. Like this sure. was – you could walk there. Right. Um, and we you would could take, afford it. Yes. It was – it used to – I swear to you, it used to be $2 for a kid's ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was great. It, and we, that's the thing about minor league. Um, I love going to minor league games because they love having you there. Yeah. Minor it's league a different games, experience. They're just happy to have people that come to watch. So there's always giveaways. Like, you're almost never going to leave a minor league game without a baseball hat or a free ice cream cone. Something. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's why, like, people will look at me now and be like, you don't like baseball, but I like going to games. Right. But I I don't even know if that's true. I like going to minor league games. I don't know if I would enjoy going to see, you know, oh, wait, no, I went to a Mets game and I really liked it. I like going to baseball games. I don't like watching it on TV. I don't necessarily care for it, but I grew up going. So I have this thing in me that's like, it's fun. And here's all the reasons why. And I mean, I really think that's what minor league games, I mean, obviously the minor league is designed for the players. It is the sort of breeding ground for them and training ground and sort of comfort ground for when guys get sent down. And that's cool. But the, the reverse of that though, the other side to the fans is it's kind of threefold. It's um, affordable, whereas most pro games are obviously much more expensive. Yeah. It's um, typically 
a lot of times you'll have them in places where you don't have professional teams. You know, upstate New York has a couple of minor league teams because mm-hmm. otherwise, and because and that's nice for them because otherwise they're driving five hours to see a Mets game. Uh, and then the other side of that is it's because of the design of it because they're not. Uh, you know, it's, they know that you're not coming to the game to see a guy, to see yeah. a player, or to see the team win. Like, rarely do you care, and rarely in a way does the team care, because half of the guys on that team are probably not going to be there in three weeks. They're either getting mm-hmm. sent up or sent down or getting let go. Uh, so it's really about, okay, well, we have to make the fans enjoy it one way or another. So we're going to have races in between innings. We're going to have more of these little games. We're going to have cheerleaders or whatever it is. So it is, a re- as a fan, they're really fun. As yeah. a player, it's probably pretty much a living hell. Yeah, I can imagine it would be. I mean, especially if you're stuck in Pawtucket yeah. like, or anywhere near there. But um, I I used to enjoy going. So, like, you know what would have been nice? If this movie harkened back to those days. <laughs> Well, they did a giveaway. Like, they have that one scene where they have, like, a helicopter fly in and just drop, like, $2,000, and the fans get to run on the field and get it. That's very I, minor league-esque. Can I ask you a serious question? What year was this supposed to take place in? Oh, that's a really good question. What Wasn't it 88 because of I, Tim Robbins' t-shirts? I thought it was, like, modern day. But remember, because he had, like, like a Metallica shirt or, like, a Motley yeah. Crue shirt. Yeah, I think, um, it I think he was wearing day. a fishbone shirt at the end. But it didn't it feel like it was trying to be well. Throwback? I think there's two parts to that. One okay, is, I, I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say because we said it recently with another movie we talked about. Oh, we talked about the town that dreaded sundown. I think it's because it's like rural North Carolina where it just always feels like they're five years behind. Yeah, no offense. I think it, rural North Carolina. I think it actually was supposed to speak to Susan Sarandon's character. I think that's the other part to it, is that, so Susan Sarandon, who in the movie is supposed to be, I don't know, what, her late 30s, maybe? I don't know what they were trying to pull with that. But she's clearly older than, uh, you know, a young 20-something. And you also have between Kevin Costner and Tim Robbins, Tim Robbins is the young hotshot pitcher. He's early 20s, just gets signed. You know he has a future, or the idea is that he's going to have a future, Whereas Kevin Costner is the older, by baseball standards, catcher who is not going to have a major league career. If he ever gets sent up, it's not going to be – it's going to be short-term. He's even – you know, in, in this movie, he's, you know, on the verge of breaking the home run record for the minor league, which – should be a really big thing except it's not in the minor leagues because Mm -hmm. they don't keep track of it the same way because you know you don't really want to be having the record for hitting the most home runs in the minor leagues means that you've been there a long time which is not a good thing so i think maybe part of it is maybe done that way to kind of show that they're older than and almost out of step with you know the youth of baseball, which is, you know, who the sport belongs to in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, did I, yeah, I want to hear you keep going because I can talk baseball oh. about the movie, but I feel like you have some very strong opinions. Well, guess what one of my opinions is? I, this movie was barely about baseball. In a lot of ways, yeah. Um, I, I will say, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say that this is a real 
a real touchy subject to approach, I would I would say. Okay. A lady that makes it her business to bone down a guy every season so that he does better. There was absolutely no one painted her as any kind of a whore, though, which I really appreciate. Oh, yeah. Well, Kevin Costner <laughs> so- does a little bit, but it also feels like... I mean, this movie is very much, I think, about how the two of them kind of see in the other something that makes them, like, realize something that they don't like about themselves, almost. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so, like, yeah, and I I like that the movie, because at first, like, I'm like, God, she's so kind of over the top. But the movie doesn't judge her for it, which is really cool. Which is really nice, and I was waiting for somebody to make a comment, and at one point, I think somebody even, maybe it was Kevin Costner, or somebody defends somebody, like, like let these broads bang whoever they want. It was right. nice that that was the, like, the, a big, huge plot point in the movie, but it was never presented as, like, a, let's... Let's judge this older woman for like. Oh yeah, nobody. Which was nice. Yeah, and it never comes up with Tim Robbins's character and her of oh yeah my my older girlfriend like it's it's never a thing like it's you know it's a weird thing when you know he he brings his dad to meet her and you could tell like she's really oh this is kind of awkward but yeah. it's nothing it never comes up that like oh isn't it oh that's your girlfriend kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, and I think when Kevin Costner if it is him who judges her for it. I think it's not it's not him calling her a slut. It's him kind of also saying, "Why are you doing this when I'm right here and I'm, you know, like, hey, I like you. You like me. We mm-hmm. we could we could be something, but you yeah. have this rule that you've made to kind of protect yourself, uh, whether you realize it or not." Well, that brings me to my next point. When I say that this movie isn't really about baseball, what I say this movie is about is getting older Mm, you are deep 33 is looking good on you you know that Um, but but you know what i mean like yeah it's a movie about like age and not fitting in anymore Mm -hmm. and being obsolete and coming to terms with that yeah um well i'm saying all the nice things i hated this movie (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) I really, after a while, I'm like, I, you know, I, I figured at first, I'm like, I think Christine didn't like it. But then you're talking about it, I'm like, oh, Christine liked it. Oh, no, she didn't. I can, tr- I can acknowledge what it's trying to do, and I can, you know, give it props for what it does right and stuff, but it was not a movie for me at all. See, now, because when you said it's not about, it's not a movie about baseball, see, I think it is, but in, like, two odd ways. One is that um, Ron Shelton, who directed it, who I think also did The Natural. Am I crazy? Uh, oh, I don't know. Did he? I know he did another baseball movie. He did um, Tin Cup with Kevin Costner. But... I remember liking The Natural. Uh, I'm a... Oh, no, no, no. He did um, White Men Can't Jump. White Men Can't Jump. Oh, you know that baseball movie. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Uh, okay, wait, wait. No, I feel like there was another one. Um, he did the 30 for 30 Jordan Rides the Bus, which I feel like I've heard good things about. Uh, tin... Oh, no, he did. He did Cobb. Which is a miserable fucking movie because it's about Ty oh, Cobb, who was a miserable fucking dude. And it's Tommy Lee Jones playing him, so that must have been a really it's funny fun. shoot. Uh, that sounds like. Well, I mean, he did a lot of sports movies. He did Bull Durham, White Man Can't Jump, Cobb, Tin Cup, Play It to the Bone, which is. That sounds familiar. It does. I feel like that's a chick movie. Am I wrong? No, I'm wrong. 
Woody Harrelson and Antonio Banderas as boxers. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. Interesting. Uh, but so, next and, time and on he Feminine wa- Critique. What's that? Next, 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 next time. week. But Ron Shelton was a minor league baseball player in his youth. <laughs> he played in the minors for a few years and realized he was probably not going to make it big. Um, so he left that and eventually became a filmmaker. Uh, so, I mean, clearly a man with sports, a sports background and comfortable in the sport. And, and that's the other thing, too, with the film is, and I'm, you know, the same thing they did in League of Their Own and the mm-hmm. other movie I was talking about earlier is the guys in this movie knew how to play baseball. Kevin Costner can, can play baseball. And there, so there's that aspect of everybody it does look like they're playing. It, it never feels false. And I think the, and I, I don't know how much minor league culture was really known at this time, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed that aspect of that glance at it because within the minor leagues, you probably have that like Costner and Tim Robbins are the exact sort of epitome of the two types of guys uh, and obviously there's a mixture, but those are the two main guys you get in the minor league. You get the young upstart who's not going to be there long because he's going to go on to huge things. And then you have the working guy who's been there forever, who's never been a star, who never will be. Mm-hmm. And it's a really thankless job because eventually he's going to age out of it and get too old. And especially if he's a catcher where his knees are going to fall apart. Um and never to have that glory. And, and that's what I liked about that was Costner in the film is very aware and very self-aware that he's, you know, he knows that he's only so good. He knows he's not major league level. He got to the majors once. It was the best month of his life. And he knows he'll probably never get there again. And he's, he's brought on the team to basically mentor Tim Robbins. So it's this incredibly, like, shitty position of... This kid is going to make 10 million times what you've made in your life. This kid's going to have t-shirts and have fans and everything else. Uh, he has something you, you don't have that you'll never have, which is this ability and longevity and natural ability. Uh, but we just kind of need your maturity to get him there. Mm-hmm. And and I liked that. And then when you put kind of Susan Sarandon in the position of sort of – Costner seeing her almost as like one more thing that Tim Robbins gets that he doesn't, but then like like looking at her and kind of feeling as though he's getting to know her as, um, you know, you're you're like me in a lot of ways. So it's, I I mean I I think it's a it's a sexy movie too. Uh, like Susan Sarandon, I think is really, I don't know, I I liked her in it. I think she's having a lot of fun and she's owning the part really well. Uh, and I liked her and Kevin Costner's kind of chemistry. However, you know what I did not like? What did you like? Oh my God. Them having sex on the counter on spilled milk. It's <sighs> like they're eating cereal and they spill it and he's just like, I'm going to fuck you now. And he puts her on the counter and he's like in spilled milk. That is no. There is nothing sexy about that. It was it was that was awful but can i tell yeah. you what else was awful what? that montage was one night oh my god that montage was terrible it was one yeah. night that's unrealistic it he was, was like the vanilla ice date oh. that first date How? vanilla ice in cool as ice oh my, yeah that goes on for, for yes hours. i started to think i'm like maybe that's where this movie took that from 
boy, oh boy, that montage was not great. No, um, I there was also a baseball montage that was like that, where it was a game, and then they fast forwarded it into a montage of the rest of that game. <laughs> Is that and where like, they had the conference at the mound and they were talking about what to get the guy for the for his engagement? No, that. Ugh. <laughs> did uh, did you not like um, the subplot of Millie, the owner's daughter, and the religious guy? I didn't understand it. Yeah, this did not do a good job of, like, the, um, what do you call it? Like, the other players on the team. Yes. It, like, it shows, their... like, really fun racist stuff, too. Like, oh, that brown guy does voodoo. But that was a thing, though, in the 80s. Because, like, in Major League, that's a thing, too. So I just think in the 80s, everybody thought that black baseball players or baseball players of color did voodoo. It was We're voodoo guys. Oh, boy. Accept that, Christine. That hasn't aged well. <laughs> um, Major League hasn't aged well. For, well, it has because it's still amazing. I love Major League. Yeah, I like it. But there is like a flip side to that when you watch Major League and realize like how Tom Berenger is stalking Rene Russo and it's really creepy. It is really creepy. Yeah. But that being said, uh, I, I kind of dug the um, the see. I, I liked the baseball parts of the film. The like the way Kevin Costner was kind of playing with uh, Tim Robbins as a pitcher and like the batter would get up and he would basically tell the batter what pitch he was throwing in order to kind Mm -hmm. of shake him up and um, kind of teach him a couple of lessons. Like I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, Some of that was funny. I thought Mm -hmm. Um, the spilled milk was really gross. And I wrote it like three times in my notes. It was that, that whole, that whole scene was troublesome. And the way it, and it's also a movie that gets to the point where like, okay, it's really, it's over, but now we've put up this conflict that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, Costner, and we're not really giving much away. Costner and Sarandon have a three hour long montage date, but then he leaves because he's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm not ready for this or something. I don't know. You know, but then they come back to each other. he's a player. You can't. You can't take the player out of the he game. Heard a voice. He has whatever. to go to Iowa and build a baseball field, but he'll be back. It's fine. <sighs> um, yeah. So it, it, I didn't like the artificial conflict, although I did like how they handle Tim Robbins at the end. And Yeah, I was fine with that. Yeah, like that I thought was, was fitting and kind of – that was where sort of I think – not that that was the soul of the film – but that relationship of this kid having all this talent, this older veteran getting him there, and and you see that in the end. You see what he took from Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I liked that. We had a lot of saxophone solo sex scenes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I... I love me a saxophone solo sex scene. I hated the sex scenes. <laughs> they were terrible, but they were they were really saxophone. bad. And it was this movie is super cliche and super laughable. And boy, oh boy, Kevin Costner can't act, can he? It's a good question. He's like so stone faced, but like not like almost like he doesn't know where he is. See, I'm trying to think of a good comparison to Costner because I feel like. I agree. I don't think Kevin Costner is a good actor, but I think he is a movie star, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I think he 
He's one of those actors who the camera loves, even if he doesn't love the camera, to put it in Tyra mm-hmm. Banks speak, where he, I always believe him in a baseball movie. I always believe him in a cowboy movie. He looks like a real guy, but a more handsome than traditional real guy. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it's also because I've seen Field of Dreams so many times, Christine, that... I love that movie. Oh my god, I love that movie so much. Uh, that when I see him in a baseball uniform and when I hear him talking about baseball, it feels right. It feels... Yeah, okay, I totally buy him. Yeah, he's Crash. He's, uh, he's the catcher. So, it's... I would never argue that he's a good actor, but... I will say, to me, he's he's right in this movie, and he's I couldn't think of anybody else. That being said, apparent I don't know I can't remember where I read this, but I think at one point this was going to be played by Kurt Russell, who was also a baseball player in his youth. And Kurt Russell's father was a ball player or manager or both. I can't remember, but uh, yeah. So imagine this movie with Kurt Russell in that part. Yes, please. <laughs> Uh, see, there was a quote that I really liked, and I think this was on Wikipedia because that's how smart I am. Uh, You're so smart. But in talking about the naming of Kevin Costner's character, not Kevin Costner, but Crash Davis, yeah, um, he was quote unquote he was modeled after Pike Bishop, which actually Pike Bishop Crash Davis. I don't know how that name goes together, but regardless, the quote was. Um, Uh, The character in The Wild Bunch, a guy who loved something more than it loved him. Oh, well, that's interesting. I feel like that's a really good summation of him to baseball. (laughs) He loves baseball. He loves – he would love to be the best player in the world, but he's not. And Mm -hmm. eventually he can't pretend to be anymore. Because catcher's knees, man, they go out. Yeah, ugh, that must be terrible. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm good at other notes. Yeah, the like the little side stories just were never kind of done well enough or interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get Arliss as the uh, assistant coach. How'd you like him in there? I I actually did. His his lines are the ones I laughed at the yeah. most. <laughs> he was actually pretty funny in it. I thought a lot of the humor, a lot of the humor didn't didn't work for me and mm-hmm. kind of fell flat and felt like it just didn't seem like jokes that I would like. If that makes what, what about sense? when Kevin Costner says he believes uh, Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone in shooting JFK? I hated that speech. Oh, that speech he, I hated. And I just I liked the line because he would do JFK like two years later, so that was funny. Yeah, that is. But yeah, funny. that scene of him being like, "This is who I am." Ah, just, was really that's bad. such bad writing, I and agree. also just he didn't pull it off. I think that's what it comes down to. If you if you pitch if you elevator pitched me this movie, I'd be like, "Yeah, actually, that sounds pretty good." But the movie that I got. I did not like. Mm, okay. Uh, and because there it's full of speeches like that. Yeah, and this whenever the speeches are are not good. And Susan Sarandon gets a bunch of them and she's also narrating the film. The, and and that's kind of tough too. Yeah. That her her narration is really like grown worthy at points. And then it, it, the movie does this funny thing like when um Tim Robbins and Kevin Costner are actually playing they will speak to themselves, mutter right. to themselves, and then there'll be internal narration. Which didn't bother me. 
just I because re- I felt it like really put me off. Yeah, I I could see that. I think I think to me it's because like again I watch a lot of baseball and I feel like that is because baseball is probably like one of the slowest moving of any. Yeah. you know, popular sport because it's, for sure. Yeah, you're not thinking in soccer. You're 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 thinking. You're running. You're trying to figure out where to go. But there's constant. Not, yeah. yeah. Whereas in baseball, it's such an individual sport where you're up at bat. You're standing there all alone. Uh, it, and this actually comes up in the Sandlot too. It's like one of there's a couple of things that like they have in common. And one of the things is they always say like you think too much for this game. Uh, you know which. Is this very odd and sort of catch twenty two about baseball? Mm-hmm. Is on one hand, it is a thinking man's game, Base, especially now where it's all about statistics, and you know you don't pitch to a guy unless you know his record and what he swings at, and you don't get up to bat unless you know every pitch that pitcher is going to throw at you. Yeah. Uh, so you are thinking, but you always hear announcers say. Uh, you know, he's, he's in his head too much. He's thinking too much. And I think, and that's kind of, you know, that's the whole thing about Tim Robbins in this movie they keep saying is, you know, he has the arm and he can throw like nobody else. But as soon as he starts questioning himself or thinking about it, he, he basically loses it and throws wild pitches. Yeah. And it's that really like... It's almost that awful, like, one of the things that I can't stand is when people talk about artists and writing and painting and all that, and they'll say things like, oh, yeah, no, 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 you, you don't edit, you just, you put it out there, or, uh, you know, no, you don't need to, to learn grammar, you just, you know, it's not about that, it's about the emotion, like, no, it's about both, like, yeah. you can't be a great writer if you don't understand punctuation, yeah. Because your writing isn't going to work. You can't be a great painter if you don't know how to paint, like if you don't know the skill involved in it. Because you need to have that basis to do something. And it's, so it's one of those things that like always, you know, acting is a great one too. It's like, oh yeah, if you're a real actor, you know, you lose yourself in the part. No, you don't. You have to know you're blocking. You have to know your lines. Yeah. I don't care if you're Robert De Niro, you're still, you're think you, you you have to know this stuff and think about this stuff when you do this art form that is mysterious. And so with baseball, you get that weird mix of, you know, if you think too much, you kind of start. And I, I mean, I used to, I played softball a long time and I, I would do this a lot when I was fielding, I would start to think before the action and that would always mess me up. I, yeah. I remember I was That's playing. That's like me with bowling. I know it's not the same thing. No, but it's a similar, it's as soon as you kind of, because you're thinking about the next move. You're thinking yeah. uh, when to throw the ball, but you haven't thrown it yet. So then you throw it the wrong time. Yeah. With softball, I used to, when I, I was playing on this one team once and it was, I was a shortstop and it was a really bad team and like the infield was very inexperienced. So I had to know everything. I had to tell everybody who to throw to. And so I was constantly like thinking scenarios in my head every time if it's hit to this person, I, I got to tell them to do this. And as a result, I remember every time I had an easy grounder play, more often than not, I would mess it up because I would start thinking of where I was throwing before I got it in my glove. And then I would bobble it when it got to my glove. And I guess that's why I like the talking to themselves because I think, you know, I have the Met game on mute right now and watching it like, you know, you're up at bat. There's five seconds at least between every pitch when you're up there Mm -hmm. you're thinking and you're telling yourself not to think but 
So to me, it's just, it's a realistic part of the sport. I don't know if the execution was great because it is kind of jarring when it first happens. Yeah. And it doesn't happen throughout the whole film. It really just happens a couple times. There's the no consistency yeah. to it. Yeah. I guess that was my main issue. I could see that. This was his second film, I think. Uh, no, this was his first film as a director. And it kind of feels like that, I think, in some ways. Yeah. Like just the the pacing overall doesn't flow. I mean, it's, you know, it's one season of this minor league team, but it's, and there's things you could do with the guys in the background to, to kind of convey that. Uh, and I yeah, don't know they don't do anything with them, and that's such a bummer. Yeah, I mean, you have the, the one couple gets engaged. Yeah, but that <laughs> seemed almost like they were trying to force us to care about I that. I agree, I agree, yeah. Why do we care? I don't know. Um, the, ooh, they, oh, oh my, oh, hang on. There's a, okay, I gotta pause the game because there's a confrontation where they just, the, so the pit, there's been a lot of hit by pitches in this Met game, and now it looks like there's gonna be a rumble, so I'm just pausing that so I can get back to that. Sorry about that, listeners. Fine. It's all thematic to this week's episode. Uh, We're talking baseball uh, for Christine's birthday. Yes, because of how much I love. I am a terrible... I'm I'm like the Homer Simpson that buys his wife a bowling ball for her birthday. You bought me a bowling ball. With my name on it. (laughs) I'll love it forever. Thank you. Uh, but all right. So, do you have uh, more to say about this movie that you didn't care for at all? Um, I hope that I conveyed why I didn't like it. So, for you, was it that there were things that you liked some of the ideas, but just feel like the execution was really bad? Yeah, I mean, like like I said, how it's not really a movie about baseball. It's a movie about finding your place as you get older and feel more and more you know, at odds with who you've become, you know, mm-hmm. that's interesting, but right. I don't feel like it was a character study. Yeah. I could does that, that make, does that make sense? And like, yeah, I does. desperately wanted it to be a character study. I think there was a lot more potential in the film. Yeah. Uh, and I think part of it is first time director. I, did he also write the script? I think he did, which means he kind of, you know, didn't probably have that, uh, sort of voice over his shoulder, kind of maybe pointing some things out. Yeah. Um, it was a fairly low budget film, and I think a lot of the actors took smaller salaries because they really wanted to do a baseball movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so That's there's nice. yeah, and there's something affectionate about it. I'm guessing this is the movie where Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon got together, which made me like want to love it even more. Mm-hmm. Because I really did like I like Tim Robbins in it a lot. I thought he's, he was super he's really funny in it. But it left me wondering, like, this Kevin Costner character, is he a good actor? That's, mm. what, that's what I walked away with. Yeah. Who, who would you have liked to see in that part? Oh, geez. I don't even know. Somebody that I gave a shit about? <laughs> I mean, you like, can always just say Michael Shannon, because what would you not uh, want to see him in? Michael Shannon. Um, and I liked Susan Sarandon, even though I just didn't get that character. Mm-hmm. Some of it, it was a little bit forced in some ways, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I watched it. Yeah, okay. All right, so how about we rate it? Yeah, do you want to go first? Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, quality of film, I mean, I agree. I, I don't think this is a great film. I could see why it's very celebrated and kind of um, 
put in that pantheon of baseball movies. I think uh-huh. because it is, to me, it is a very baseball, baseball movie. And the minor leagueness of it, when you didn't really have a movie about the minor leagues before, um, I like that aspect to it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a movie itself, it does. It, it has a weird pacing. It has a really kind of frustrating ending. Um, but again, I like some of the themes to it. And I think some of it's better than other parts, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go with a six for quality of film. Six for quality of film. Yeah. Um I'll probably go I, I I have to go six as well. Um because I liked Tim Robbins so much. And, He's really fun in it. I mean, I did sit through it. <laughs> I don't know. And five, what's good about him is he's really funny and but there is a real character there. There's a real yeah. person there, which I think is 5. really five point five or six, something That's like fair. that. Well quality of enjoyment of life. And for me, it's oh. going to be higher just because, again, if this is on in the back, like on TV one day, I would watch. I think I, I bought it for like four bucks. So and this is why we're besties, because we're going to diverge here. Oh, totally. Because I'm going to go seven for quality of life. Because I also think this was very influential, A, for Tim Robinson and Rennan, who are no longer together, but for years they, you know, produce great things together. Uh, I also think it was probably a big influence on. After this, I think you had a lot more baseball movies. I don't know that you had a lot at that time. <laughs> this may have been what made Major League happen. Mm-hmm. Because there's certain things about Major League that now going back to it, I'm like, I wonder if, you know, how much of this was inspired by Bull Durham just because the main character is a catcher and he's like the older guy. And yeah. you have this wild thing, younger pitcher and all this other stuff. Um, and I love Major League. So for that, it will always be a big point. Um, so I'm going seven for quality of life. Okay. And you? Four. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Not judging. See, but like when when it's opinion based, we vary. But yeah. when it's like factual shit, we like, can both. Because I think, I mean, rarely. I just I just patted us on the back. So hard. yeah, that's right. We're we're thirty three year old women. We're mature about that. No, uh, but it is. There's recognizing, and there. I mean, film and any kind of opinion, you're always going to have agrees, disagrees. But we're, we're looking at this movie as, is it a well-made movie? Is it a well-put-together movie? Blah, blah. Is it a, what is the quality of the movie? Which, yeah. in a lot of ways, is much less subjective than, did you like it? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we're fine. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, I'm going to find out what happened to the Mets. And we're going to come back and talk about the Sandlot. Exciting. Give me a T. Give me an E. e. Give me an A. a. Give me an M. M. What do you got? Team. There is no team like the best team, which is our team right here. We will show you we're the best team in the very little league this year. And in no time, we'll be big time with the big league baseball stars. Or all we have to do is win just one more game and the championship. And now we move on five years later. Yes, is that math? 26 years before, if you will, to 1993's made 1962 set, The Sandlot. Do you see what I did there? It was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 
Uh, the Sandlot, directed by and written by David M. Evans, who okay. did a lot of Beethoven sequels. Uh, well, that's funny because there's a dog in this movie. There is a dog in this movie, uh, which makes sense that he would also have done Ace Ventura Pet Detective Jr. Stupid. Uh, did I mean, you ever see it? Or, or are you just no. guessing? So you are judging. He also did the um, better known film First Kid. Remember First Kid? I kind of remember it. I think I watched it babysitting once. Um, so he did a lot of kind of younger kid movies in the 90s. And the Sandlot um, was probably... Radio Flyer? What's that? Radio Flyer? Radio Flyer. Which I feel that, like... That's a good movie. I've never seen that, but I feel like that is he, known as a good movie. He says he's... It says he's an uncredited... He's the uncredited... Or he has a director credit, but he's uncredited. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. So that must I like that been. movie. Hey, you know who's in that movie? I don't. Tim Robbins! Right? No? I was going for um, Elijah Wood. Oh, but is, am I wrong about Tim Robbins being in that movie? This will become relevant in a minute. Um, I don't think Tim Robbins is in this. In in Radio Flyer? No. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of um, um, the Hudsucker Proxy. For some reason, I get those well, titles confused. Those are different. Don't ask those me why. Different. Do not ask me why. They must have appeared together in TV TV Guide at some point. I don't know, uh, but. You have something to say about Elijah Wood, who's not in the same Oh, I'll, don't worry. I will talk later. Interesting. Oh, okay. I think I might see where you're going with that. <laughs> All right. So, The Sandlot, uh, why don't you tell everybody what happens in it? Um, so, there's this kid in town, this new kid, and he wants to make some friends. So, he makes friends with this group of kids that play baseball in The Sandlot. In The Sandlot. The titular Sandlot. And it's about it's basically little vignettes about their trials and tribulations one summer, mm-hmm. and it all leads up to an encounter with this really cool dog. Oh, the beast! I, I love that dog. The beast is awesome. Yeah, as a kid, when I saw this, um, I I think we must have rented it, and then it was probably always on TV. And I liked the baseball aspect to it, but mm-hmm. I think I always had a little bit of. Um, sort of uh, distrust to the movie or kind of this feeling of like, because I think everybody I knew really loved this movie. And I think that part of me was always like, it's trying so hard to be Stand By Me, but it's not Stand By Me. Well, that's obvious. Do you still feel that way? Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, this movie is Stand By Me, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, to me, is a great movie. And I say that not just as a quality of life, but also as a quality of film. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you. And this movie is nowhere near Stand By Me. Nope. Uh, and it's it's really, I mean, it's trying to in that it clearly took 1960s, narrated, and so on. But the flip side of that is this is a, this is a kids movie made for kids, but mm-hmm. with, with enough... Um, and I really think, actually, with the the baseballness of it is what's kind of done for adults. But I think in many ways, this is a kids' movie for kids, not for adults. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I remember liking it, like, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. It was always on TV. Um, it, for me, did not age well. Ah, okay. What did all. not age well about it for you? Um, I don't like... Like, kids aren't stupid. 
<laughs> I feel like sometimes the kids in this movie are like painted as just like dummies. Okay, that's fair. And I didn't really like that. Um, I really, really had a huge, almost absurd problem with the um, faux drowning kissing scene. <laughs> Let's talk about the faux drowning kissing scene. Uh, How I'm- shitty of a lifeguard is Marley Shelton? I God, I love her. I love her too. She's great. Um, but she's like the I, worst lifeguard because she like saves the kid. But how did she not know that he was breathing the whole time? I don't know. It's it's like this really, and you made a you just made an amazing point. It's this really flimsy setup that makes no sense. Yeah, just so he could force himself on her and then get rewarded by marrying her. <laughs> well, there a lot must have happened between then and but and then. That, I mean, I don't want to. I'm not going. I'm not looking for things that aren't there. But that <laughs> did not play well with me. That's fair. It was so shitty. Like he prob he realistically, if a kid did that, like there were no repercussions either. Well, like, they got kicked out of the pool forever. And then she immediately smiled at him and waved or whatever. Well, I think it was kind of like a yeah, good one, kid. Because she was supposed to be the older lifeguard who knows that everybody, all the kids are in love with her. And so I think there's a sense of like this like very much like, I, you know, fuck you little kid for doing that. But you know what? You got balls, kid. You got balls. And one day I'm going to make babies with what they produce. That's what happened in the movie. Okay. I, I just wasn't okay with it. Okay. I can understand that. I think it is. It's one of those kind of problematic, like, uh, things that, and we always talk about that, the, how, and a lot of 80s kids films or teen films do that. I mean, look at Pretty in in Pink or, yeah, Pretty in Pink that has the whole, like, popular girl passed out, like, nerds are talking about doing whatever they want to her kind of thing. Yeah. And a lot of that, and I mean, this is 93, so it kind of should know better, I guess. So it just didn't age well. Something that maybe wouldn't make me flinch then is now really, like, in my face, there's so much wrong with this. Because it's not like he did it and then went home and got in trouble. Mm -hmm. Right. That's I don't know. Or yeah. like, oh, he can't play today because of that thing that he did. <laughs> because know? of the sexual harassment. Yeah, where he sexually assaulted that girl at the pool. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I just couldn't get over. I can understand that. It How, like, angsty it made me. Yeah, I think for me, like, I just always remember it. So I And I think... I don't know. It, you're right. Like, it is... It's fucked up. But I guess it just... <laughs> because this movie is so light... Um, yeah. I guess it doesn't bother me that much, no, um, but I, it could I, I totally have it a different that. movie. I think in that exact scene and kind of uh, plot unfolding in another type of movie, or not another type of movie, in this movie, but told differently, could have been really bothersome to me. But mm-hmm. I think this movie is just so lightweight. And, I mean, you have, like, there are things in it that could have been uh, deeper and more explored and everything else. Yeah. Uh, And it's, I mean, it's 1962, but there's, there's, like, just no tension whatsoever in the movie. And I, I, and to me, I guess I'm like, you know what, but that's what this movie is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a very summertime movie where you, the biggest conflict is... We have to get a baseball back. Yeah. 
And for me, it's okay because this movie is, that's all it's trying to be. It's trying to just be this story of these kids in this one summer and how they were friends and loved baseball. Yeah. And I think on that end, there's a lot that I like about it. The I feel like the kids, as much as you're right, like it's it's not always written well. And actually the narration, I think, is kind of really poorly written. Yeah, um, it's really goofy. And yeah. I guess that's when you, you wouldn't notice in a, if, if you're a kid, kid watching it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, how many more times is he going to say the biggest pickle he ever got stuck in in his life? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's not cleverly written. But I think the kids stuff, when the kids are joking around and the kids are talking. The kids are the best part. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the writing isn't, like, isn't fully where it needs to be. But the kids sell it and they talk like kids. And I believe they're all kids. Yeah. Um, And they're, and I mean, a lot of them went on to things. Uh, You've got... um, who do you have in there? Brandon Quinton Adams, who was also in The People Under the Stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I like that movie. I, I do too. Yeah, I'm, I keep meaning to rewatch it because Brandon's never seen it, so I want to see if it holds up. Uh, the Tom Geary is the main kid who uh, did a lot of things as a kid actor and then ended up on a couple of SVU episodes. Mm-hmm. So points to him for that. Uh, the kind of chubby catcher, I think, is really he's a fun kid. He's a he's like, because I, I think he kind of did the same role in a couple of movies, and yeah. he knew what he now, was doing. He did it well. Uh, the, I I could look at IMDb, but I want you to tell me: was he in an episode of X Files or Millennium? I'm not the person that would know that offhand. Mm. But I'm I guess, almost. I guess I'm gonna have his to look. Name is Patrick Renna, and once my internet look, starts guys. working, I will tell you which one he was in. Uh, I, I will say I do really like, and I think he's continued to act, but I, he oh, you got it. <laughs> I thought it was, but then I couldn't remember. Yeah. Well, I think a couple of the kids in this movie were in X-Files episodes. Oh, good. Uh, I think Mike Vitar, Mike, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. The, who's the, the Benny. I yeah. think he's great. I oh, think, I yeah, he, he looks the part. I really like that character. Mm-hmm. Um, because essentially he is, you know, you have this kind of ragtag group of kids that play baseball. Yes. And Benny, who's, who's Mike Vitar, is miles ahead. He's just, you know, he goes on to be a pro player. He is miles ahead of all of them athletically. And he's the kind of kid. And if you, like, if you played sports and you knew kids like this, where there are some kids that are so good at a sport and it, and for some of them, they're just really good at the sport and they play the game with other kids and get frustrated at them and everything else. And then occasionally you play with a kid like that who is just really a good sportsman Mm -hmm. and really is helpful to his teammates and helps his or her teammates. And like for me, as somebody who always played softball and loved playing and was good but never amazing, I always loved when I had like those kids on my team because you could have the kid that was just amazing, but was a, just a prima donna, or you could have the kid that was amazing and was somehow made everybody around them better. And mm-hmm. I really like that the movie does that with him on the field and as a person. And it's not forced. Like, you know, he basically is the one that's like, okay, here's this little nerdy kid who's not going to be good at baseball, but you know what? Like I, I, I feel bad for him. I want him to play with us. So, I'm going to give him my glove and I'm going to do this. And he's not forceful about it. And there's something really honest and um, kind of 
I guess not forced about how their friendship is in the movie mm-hmm. that I really, really like. Cause he know, ne- you know, Scotty never says to him like, by the way, thanks for, you know, giving me a chance and being my friend and everything. Yeah. Like, all the kids stuff is really, really authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how'd you like Dennis Leary as the, uh, stepdad? Eh, he was in it. Barely. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was okay. I wanted more of, um, Karen him Allen. and Karen Allen? Yeah. I love Karen, Karen Allen. Allen, right? Yeah. I forgot she was in it mm-hmm. until, like, you know, she showed up. I like that Dennis Leary has to play a Yankee fan, but in real life, he's a Red Sox fan. <laughs> and and speaking of the Yankees, uh, did you see who gets to come in for a babe cameo? Oh, yeah. Art LaFleur. Art LaFleur. Good old Very Art LaFleur. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, love him. Mm-hmm. Always good to see. Yep. And it's, so, it's a funny kind of dream sequence. Yeah, uh, and I would say all the kids stuff is is good. I don't I didn't like the narration. I there was parts of it like I said that kind of felt like just a vignette. Like it almost if you tried to track a narrative, mm-hmm. it was just like this is what happened this summer and it wasn't in any particular order. Right. And I I don't know why I let that bother me so much. Well, and I think the order could have been improved too because even like the Wendy Peppercorn stuff I remembered it kind of going throughout the film, but no, it all happens at once. Yeah. It's like you find out that this kid's in love with Wendy Peppercorn, and then the next scene is him at the pool. Yeah, it mm-hmm. it, it kind of dumped everything all at once. And then there was all this talk about them not being good players, mm-hmm. and then they beat those other kids. that well, had they play like the rich on. kids who are in a league. Yeah, we know they're better because they have uniforms. <laughs> It was just strange. It felt disconnected. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Uh, It's, yeah, the sort of, it's like the pieces work, but they're not put together in a way that really was the most beneficial to the film. Yeah. Because, like, they never set up that there's league kids and they're not in the league. Like, and I remember as a kid being confused because, like, that's... What, it comes the, out of everybody nowhere. was in a league. Like that's how you played baseball. You didn't go to a park and play with your friends because you need to have enough friends to play. Like, no, you were yeah. in a league if you like baseball. And so and in this movie, they, like the league kids are evil. It's like, wait, I'm not evil. When when they showed up, didn't it feel like you almost missed something? Yes. Like, why is this the first we're hearing or seeing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I wasn't really into that. I could see that. Yeah. You know what I was into? The beast. The dog. Yeah. That dog almost made me cry. I love that dog so much. He's so great. And I remember, like, when I used to watch it, like, my, I just watched it to get to the end. I just wanted to see the dog and James Earl Jones. Because (laughs) James Earl Jones is in Field of Dreams, and Field of Dreams is a movie that I grew up watching, Mm -hmm. and James Earl Jones makes me feel safe. And yeah. I just wanted him to show up. Even though he's also Darth Vader, but, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I never never watched those movies. <laughs> um, but So we get to James Earl Jones and the dog, and it's, like, the best thing ever. Yeah. And I don't ever want it to stop being about that. Why is this movie not about James Earl Jones? <laughs> well, again, you should watch Bingo Longpants' Sisterhood of Traveling All-Stars, because he's also in that. He's and I, what's funny was I was trying to look you up. You couldn't like, see me, but I was nodding. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> James Earl Jones has done a lot of baseball movies, and clearly, I'm sure he can base at least based on Bingo 
sisterhood traveling long pants. Uh, he must, I mean, he, he's playing in that he's, he's batting, he's doing stuff. So he must've played or just been known to be a big fan because he's in like a lot of baseball movies. And in this movie, he's not playing. He's just there talking about it. But having him is such a great move because you're right. He brings with him this baseball presence and cred. So when, and I mean, it's, he he doesn't even have to do anything and you're already like, yep. Yeah, you're already like, oh my god, you got hit by a bitch and that destroyed your career. I'm so sad for you. Yep, I don't, like, what are you selling? I want all of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, and there is there is a lot of um, baseball uh, trivia and kind of Easter eggs in the movie yeah. that, again, I appreciate just being a baseball fan. Uh, the hat that um, Brandon Quentin Adams wears we were looking mm-hmm. at it, we were trying to figure it out, and Bradley's like, I think that's um, that was a hat from the Negro League. And which makes sense, because he's, he's black, and that's the base. At that point, I don't know if the Negro Leagues were still in operation by 62, because uh, integration was 50, 40-something. Um, but it's kind of a cool little note and little homage there. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I didn't notice but happened to look up somewhere is... When uh, uh, Benny is running away from the dog in like that big long yeah. chase sequence, which I actually like found myself laughing at, and weirdly there enough, there was a few good things. Yeah, in, like, yeah the slapstick in this movie is actually pretty good. A lot of the visual gags, and to me, all the stuff with Beast when they're kind of setting it up early on, like I was laughing at even now, having not there, seen it. In there a while. was when they were trying to get the ball back, and it was just them failing after them failing and it's just that dog that fake dog paw (laughs) i want one of those that made me just want to keep like hitting people with it when they don't expect it the absurdity and like the repetition of it it really made me laugh it's really funny uh but so the scene where benny's running away and he's like running through the entire town and there's a a kind of a really funny cake gag that i did actually (laughs) appreciate even though i don't usually like the toppled cake gags but this one was good uh but he's wearing a jersey and it's number 30 which i i didn't think anything of but somebody pointed out in i think it was a variety review was that because he's also wearing a dodgers cap um so the number he's wearing was worn in 1962 by maury willis when he broke ty cobb's base stealing record uh, so, like, there's something, like, even that was probably a very deliberate homage to that, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. And, again, it's a lot of stuff that if you're looking really hard, you'll see. Uh, it's so weird to think that this is the movie that gave us the line, you're killing me, Smalls. I know. Like, how many people do you know that use that? A lot of it's them. It's so... And for a while, I was like, maybe that came from something before this. Somewhere else. No, I it's know, not. It's this movie. And I think it's kind of... Uh, significant to show that this is one of those movies of our generation that our generation grew up with and worked its way into our lingo and everything else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they sell a t-shirt that says that at Target. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, yeah, it's it's crazy that this is one of those, you know, um, and I don't know that you'd put it on par with uh, the Goonies necessarily, but it had a lot of lasting cultural influence over our generation, mm-hmm. which I really didn't realize until watching it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's no Beethoven the Third, but what is? What is? Now I kind of want to watch Ace Ventura. Did Show Show review Ace Ventura, Pet Detective Junior? Oh, I don't remember. If they did, I didn't I didn't It feels like such a Show Show kind of movie. Just because I remember the preview for it, and it's like a little chubby kid who's Ace Ventura. Oh, boy. <laughs> just like hear I her talking about it. Too. Yeah. I got to find that out. But no, it also makes me want to watch that movie. I don't know why. It's like, what works about this movie, it's not the direction, it's not the writing, it's that it's a affectionate, lightweight baseball movie with a really fun young cast. Uh, it's not, it's probably not also in Ace Ventura Pet Detective Jr. Mm-hmm. But now I've got to look more up about that movie. Uh, what else do you have to say about the first movie made by the guy who made Ace Ventura Pet Detective Jr.? Um, it, I had fonder memories of it going in mm. than I'm walking away with. Okay. Um, it... It felt too disjointed. I know that's such a silly complaint. It's supposed to be a snapshot of this kid's summer. Um, but that, the, the, the mishmashiness of the, of the actual narrative and then the narration, mm-hmm. just it, it's like every time I was falling into it again and get, or even getting nostalgic, like because there's the amusement park or the, the fair scene. Mm-hmm. And like I got a little nostalgic, and Zach and I started talking about what rides we like to go on to, and then <laughs> and what and rides you like, like to throw up on, and then it like smashed to something completely else, and different, without any no one mentioned that ever again. And I don't know. I, I guess as a kid, you don't notice that, and maybe it's not a big deal because it's skewed to a younger audience. But like mm-hmm. it left me wondering, like, well, that could have taken place in June. It could have taken place the last day of August. Like That's I don't a really know. Good point. Yeah, they never it, talk about that again, do they? No, it's and it's so many things they never really reference again. And it always feels like there's always fireworks or a fair or like <laughs> multiple things happening at once. Yeah, it you're just, right. There's the 4th of July, then there's the carnival, and then there's like the centennial, which doesn't make sense because it was 1962, because that's where they have the cake. And, it's a really good point. This is a busy summer they're, for these kids. They're screening like the Wolfman and like... It was just, yeah, it just seemed like there was no no thought put to that. It's just like, well, let's set, let's, like, like they gathered up a bunch of stories, and they were like, let's just tell yeah. them all. It doesn't matter how they fit together. Oh, yeah, and Which I'm I guess sure they- this was probably very, like, pseudo-autobiographical, where the, you know, the David M. Evans, like, probably grew up in this era, and yeah. was like, oh, yeah, well, these are some of the things I did as a kid, and, like, looped them together and, and that's completely fine and i'm sure that works fine and it maybe it's even the best way to tell a story like this but like it just didn't work for me i maybe it, because i'm so rooted in um stand by me mm-hmm. yeah which is a, is a story that right. manages to have all these experiences and all these things happen without it being like four months of these kids lives yeah no, that's, that's it's an excellent point. Uh, I was surprised that I enjoyed it more, almost than I thought I would, because and I watched it with Brandon, who'd never seen it, and it was one of those. I'm like, I really, I want you to watch this because I think for him, I'm like, I think you'll enjoy the baseballness of it because it really yeah. is affectionate to baseball. And to me, this is a better baseball movie than Bull Durham was. I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> It, yeah, it, it, I mean, I think there, 
Yeah, I'm I'm going for both of them being very baseball. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's fair. And the flip side of that was I'm like, but I don't know, like, because it's it he can you know my husband can be very hard to gauge what he's gonna like and what he's not gonna like, and mm-hmm. especially when you're like, okay, here's a kids movie made in the early '90s. That's very hard to know whether that's going to work for an adult, you know, in his 30s in 2015. But mm-hmm. he really enjoyed it. And I was well, really sad. I was really surprised, too. And part of it was like I could tell he was laughing at parts. But it was. It was over. He's like, I, I did enjoy that. I'm like, oh, I wasn't really expecting you to. <laughs> um, but in a way, it aged better for me because I think I'm no longer looking at it as, like, the – 11-year-old me who would have been like, you're no Stand By Me. Like, now I'm like, no, of course you're not. You're more like a sort of... It's almost more a Christmas story than Stand By Me, in a way. Yeah. Um, But it's very... I kind of appreciate... This is a light movie for kids, about kids, made for kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's got all this little baseballness to it. And this was that era where like after this you had Rookie of the Year and Little Big League and Angels in the Outfield. You had this sort of um renaissance of baseball kids movies. Mm-hmm. And this one in a lot of ways I think is kind of I I don't know if it's the best. I haven't watched those ones in a really long time. But I feel like this is maybe closest to me in a lot of ways, I guess. Because I, you know, never played for the big leagues like Rookie of the Year or owned owned a major league team or talked to ghosts or angels and all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, breaking That's news. true. They were supernatural for a while, weren't they? <laughs> right? All of them. It's like the kid <laughs> breaks his arm and then he becomes a magical pitcher. Uh, kid is really rich and gets left a to manage a big league team. Yeah, uh, and the other one is he. The kid wants the angels to win the pennant, so he'll meet his dad, and so angels help Danny Glover win the pennant. I don't know. I don't. Uh, well, I, I feel like it is the baseball. Effect. Wasn't the same kid in all of them? No, it's the kid from American Pie and Rookie of the Year. It's a kid that I don't think did anything else in Little Big League, and it's, jo- it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Angels in the Outfield. No, it is not. Yes, it is. Do you not believe me? I'm looking. It is. It is JGL. I completely forgot Uh because me, I knew who was in Rookie of the Year, but in my mind, he's also an Angels in the Outfield. (laughs) Clearly, he's not. He is not. He was not the Kevin Costner of kid baseball movie actors. (laughs) If only that was what he was known for. (laughs) Um, The poster for Ace Ventura: Pet Detective Junior is really funny. It's like the kid standing with all animals around him, and he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt, uh, and he's got really, like, Ace Ventura hair. And I kind of need to watch it. Art oh, LaFleur's, please do. Art for LaFleur's the next show. Art in it. Art LaFleur is in it. I, he just, I thought he played a fun character name, but he just plays a character. Uh, and Joan Cusack's sister, Anne, is also in it. All right, let's watch it. So we'll watch that. Um, I really hope it's on instant. Okay, so uh, do you have more to say about Le Sandlot? I don't think so. Okay, nor do I. Um, yeah, no, it's, I wrote down in my notes for Sand wrote was very simple, just about kids. Because <laughs> I yeah. think that is what I kind of, I'm like, this is, this is not aiming to be, you know, for all ages, this is a kids movie. Well, and good for it for that. Yeah, because I feel, I feel like to you know speak to the movie that we just watched talked about. I feel like Bull Durham was like swinging wild 
a couple <laughs> times. <laughs> like, come on, everybody analogy. watch this movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's rate it. Quality of film. Um, fuck. Do, uh, do I have to go first? Ah, uh, yeah, because I went first last time. So <laughs> you have to now. Quality of That's Part the of being 33. Quality of film, mm-hmm. um, six. Yeah, six I'm gonna. Five, I think I'm. Like I'm. I'm reverse. I think I'm gonna put it just below Bull Durham because I think Bull Durham is probably a better put together movie slightly. So I'll say five point seven five, which feels mean now. Now I want to say six point two five for Bull Durham and six for this one. Well, is it's always troublesome because know, you wanna. You want? We're not like, good at giving I, ratings. No, we're we're, we're they're not. absolutely they're inane. They make no sense from from day to day. They're completely different. We should consider that's you know what next week we're not going to do like a letter grade or number grades. Next week we're just going to um, do an arbitrary how many pumpkin seeds would you pay to watch this movie? How's that? <gasps> yes. How much candy corn? Would you eat? Oh my gosh! Speaking of show show, is this going to turn into moon cups? Yes. Only <laughs> it's going to change every single time. It's going to depend on the. Yep. So in this case, okay, it's going to be. So let's make it baseball related. Um, how many foul balls would you hit while you're at bat before you either hit a home run with the movie or struck out? I just fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, quality of life. <laughs> Just go right to that. Quality of life. Okay. Um, 7.5. Quality of life for me is um, a uh, – it's a single um, with a stolen base. Uh, so that will make it – I'm going to say oh, I'll go 7.25. This, this is a fun one and one that I watch, you know, here and there. Although I haven't watched it in like 20 years. Um, so here and yeah, there, it's I, have, I have a nostalgia for it. And I think yeah. that probably bumps it up quite yep. a bit. I'm, wishing, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So that was The Sandlot. It is not streaming anywhere, but it's out there, people. It's out there. You could find yeah. it. Uh, and now it is time to talk about our Netflix recommends. Hey, Christine. Yeah. Can I go out on a wild limb and guess that your star is Elijah Wood? Yes, okay, so I just realized that Elijah Wood is attractive. Oh, he's adorable. I had a, I, oh my god, when I was little and he was in that Tom and Huck movie, biggest crush on him. Um, I think, sometimes I have these things where I'm like, I'm, I was an Elijah Wood denier. Like, I went so far as to say that I didn't like him. Mm. And I think that was my, like, internal struggle because I do like him. Okay. Was it just that, like, you really didn't want to admit that North wasn't that bad? Because it's really not. Like, it's not. It's that not bad. that bad. Yeah, um, I don't know what people can. I've seen about. worse, but he's cute, and maybe it's because I knew him. From, like, he and I have to be the sameish age. But, yeah, I um, think so. But anyways, so I just decided, like, oh my gosh, but because he's going to be a priest in that um, last witch hunter. Okay. Um. And I like that. So I've he's been on my radar again. Anyways, I have a little bit of an extra story, and I'll go really fast. <laughs> so it's Fantastic Fest right now. Uh huh. Here in the in the ATX, and um, I am not involved in it at all. I have no right or reason to be. Okay. Um, but 
uh, happened to be down there a couple nights around the theater. One of them was last night when Elijah Wood was apparently DJing. Ooh. Um, Does he I, Yeah. So I only caught a brief glimpse because I did not have a badge and I was supposed to have a badge to be where I was. So I did not want to stand anywhere too long or call any attention to myself. Um, but I saw him, and he looked adorable, and I think I might be legitimately in love with he's, him now. He's, are his blue eyes as bulbous in real life? Oh, and, he was... And he's wee, right? He's, like, my height? He was on, you know, he, he was, like, elevated with turntables. Okay. So, I don't know. Um, he's probably quite tiny. I think he's a little... But... Settle down, cat. It's great for him. That's good for him. I am in love with him. I, so I, I mean, watch, I love his I choices. I, I love that he has picked really interesting roles for him. And I think he kind of, like, he must know. He's like, look, I am I am little, and I am not the guy that should take certain parts, so I'm going to do really interesting projects. So for you're sure. the Maniac remake? I watched Maniac. I still haven't watched it. I think I have actively avoided it. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I really fucking liked it. I've heard good things. It was so good. Cool. I just, I mean, I don't know. It's Alexander been... Aja directing or somebody else? Yeah. No, he wrote it. Okay. I don't know if he did it. I don't know. Who knows what I'm talking about anymore? I'll but look. little uh, adorable Aja Wood is uh, adorable and creepy. Boy, I liked it a lot. I, I mean, I really like the original quite a bit. I haven't watched the original in so long. Really liked it. Um, yeah, somebody else, the name that I'm not going to try to say, directed it. But Aja wrote it. Okay. I I really, really dug it. It did so many things very right for me. It was very interesting. And I thought, like, oh, it's going to be all first person. It's going to be so fucking gimmicky. It's going to live and die by that. But it was really good, and you start to forget after a while. Cool. So... You should watch it. Yeah, I'm totally going to. I I just have not gotten around to it yet. Is it still on Instant Watch? Um, I hope oh, it didn't go I, away. I hope so, too, because it's your instant pick. It was on Instant it was, Forever. It probably still is, and it, I probably just need to bump it up my queue. And again. I've, I, I swear, it's been, like, I think Zach has suggested it. It's been on my queue for, like, ever. And he's oh, as probably, soon as it came I, on Instant Watch, I remember putting it on my queue, and it's just sat there since then. And I haven't looked well, at I it. I was in my old apartment when I put it on my queue, so we're talking now three years. Yeah, and I put it off and put it off and put it off just because I thought it was going to be garbagey mm. or, like, like, like a mockery and it was great interesting cool maniac is still on there it was at, at number 117 in my queue all right it was it was want to know what it was between it was between what? universal soldier day of reckoning and paranormal whactivity Paran- <laughs> which i put on there because you told me to watch it i have seen paranormal i know it's sat on my instant queue forever. I haven't gotten to it yet. Well, uh, um, here's hoping. But I will watch Maniac before that, I promise. Well, I think you should. Okay. Uh, my instant pick, I'm going to go with a movie that you and I reviewed a while back. That what? when I turned on Netflix one day, that was the first thing that popped up as you might want to watch. I'm like, well, I've seen it, but I don't know if everybody else has. So I'm going to tell them to watch it. And that was Neil Jordan's Byzantium. Oh, yeah, I noticed so that that was good. on there. So this is Gemma Archer-Turan. and really good. Ronan. And it's just so good. Uh, great twist on vampires. Um, 
but but not really a vampire vampire movie. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful, gorgeous cast yeah, is fantastic. It has such a spin on an old tale, if you will. Uh, and it's really, really good. And if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's on instant. What are you waiting for? Yeah, stupid. Yeah. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> Just stupid face. What are you going to do? You're going to go watch Paranormal Activity again? Ugh. Yeah, I mean, Come don't on. watch it. Even though I did. <laughs> Didn't you watch it twice? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I did. I think you did. It's okay. You were you were in your like thirty twos back then. Yeah, back then when I was young and innocent. Uh, all right. So now, do you remember what I had said last time when I picked movies and you were like, Bleh. "Did you tell me I was going to have yeah, to pick?" I did. Did you? Ace pick? Ventura two. Yes. I didn't. Oh. I didn't pick anything. Let's do um, Ace Ventura two and like that mask sequel. <laughs> Wait, Ace Ventura two or Ace Ventura Junior Detective? That one, whatever it is. <laughs> um, you think I'm fucking kidding? I know you're fucking kidding. Okay, did you have any? Did you want to do anything for for October? Are you are you falling oh. on that October train? <laughs> or should we do something more seasonal? Then? I feel like we should do something seasonal. I mean, uh, I'm always up for it. talking animal movies, but let's put this one um, on the back burner. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna think of one. Uh, just promise me it's not gonna be H two O. No, uh, I wish, but I definitely think we should do whatever the mask sequel thing was, and then <laughs> Son the, of the, the other mask. thing. Yeah, Son I of the Mask and Ace Ventura Junior Pet Detective. Can we please? Yes, I'm going to put them on the list right now. We'll cover okay. them. Uh, this can be our show show um, show. Okay. This will be our November show? Yes. Okay. All right. So we'll get back to everybody with those. Well, for, in, for show show. We do this one for them. This is just for them. Only for them. Yes. We're not going to release it on the feed. We're just going to send it. <laughs> <laughs> Miles and Katie, please listen to this. Yeah, we're, even, we're dropboxing it to you right now. Ignore your lives and listen to this. We know you have babies and stuff, but this is more important. Yes. Okay. So then, uh, all right. Uh, with that, we wish everybody um, happy October. Happy October. Happy beginning um, of October. We'll get to you in the middle of October. I'm trying to watch 31 movies, so we'll see we'll how just, that You know what? Pick two of them and tell me to watch them too, and we'll do those. How's that? Fuck. Okay. Yeah. Right. Do you want it to be stuff you haven't seen? I, we should talk about this later. We'll, goodbye. We'll, we'll, we'll give you the details later. In the meantime, goodbye, everybody. Pretty. But now that I'm given sports a word, I find I kind of.
National, elevate the National. Elevate the national. Hey!